God of grace, uh, we give you thanks for the power of story in our lives. As we enter the season of Advent, um, a story uh, that we have been told again and again, how you cannot stay away, that you come down deep into this world, uh, but remind us that that story only lives because it has been told. And it's a story that started long ago when you first created us. And so today we give you thanks for your faithfulness uh, in a world that often calls us to be unfaithful. So open our hearts, our minds, and our lives to the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Connor, can you put that piece of art up for me? I have something to show you today. Um, this is really cool. I discovered this piece of art at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, and it's called Winter Count. And it was created by the Lakota tribe. Now, this is not the only winter count. Winter counts are actually paintings on animal hide or muslin, which record one event that represents a year in the tribe's history. Now, a year, you're going to like this, a year was marked from the very first snowfall of one year to the very first snowfall of the next, because as we know it well, it is a triumph to make it through the harsh winters of the plains and here in Minnesota. And so they marked this significant passage of time from first snowfall to first snowfall, and its key event so it could be retold and remembered. It was a way that the Lakota tribes claimed their story. It was a way of telling their story. And as I learned about this piece of art, I learned that they were also a designated member in the tribe that was the winter count keepers. And it was a position, the one in charge of gathering the elders each and every year and deciding what event of that year is worthy of being told and remembered. And then the winter count keeper then would draw that picture on this big, bigger piece of canvas. The winter count keeper then was called to be the storyteller of the tribe that would tell the people and the children of their history so their story could continue. The Lakota people knew how essential it was to know who they were and then to pass that story along. It was literally, because it could be folded, it was portable, it was literally their unfolding story that could be taken with them as they moved and traveled along the plains. Now, I know these pictures are real small, but I just um, want to name some of the images. You see a lot of people, you see a lot of animals. In 1821, a comet fell to the ground and made a large noise. So that was worthy for them to document. In 1837, a second wave of smallpox came across the plain and within three weeks killed 10,000 Indians as they were killed by that disease. And in 1890, 
Sitting Bull, a famous Lakota warrior and a holy man, was killed during his arrest. And so I wonder today, in the story that Brian read from the book of Joshua, if Joshua himself was called to be the winter count keeper for God's people. And who was Joshua again? Joshua was called to lead God's people into the promised land after Moses' death. Moses got them as far as the border of the promised land, and then it was Joshua that led the people in. And so now in chapter 24, it is the end of Joshua's leadership. He's getting old. And so he gathers all the people, the tribes of Israel, together at Shechem. And what does he do? He goes back to reclaim and remember God's story. And so Joshua names and remembers people and events to tell the story of God's faithfulness throughout time. He even names the unfaithfulness of people who made mistakes along the way and chose to worship idols and other gods. He does this so that the people can gather to remember who they are and whose they are. They gather to hear again what God has been about in the past so they will understand and hold what God will be about in the future. To move forward, Joshua knows he needs to go back and tell the story again and again. And so what were those words that Brian had in the story? Joshua remembered the call of Abraham when God called him to leave his place not knowing what the future would hold, but that God would be with him, leading him to a new land. He talks again about how God freed his people from bondage in Egypt under Pharaoh's control, parted the Red Sea so they could now be God's people. And then finally, the giving of the promised land and God's promise to always to be with his people. And it's in that moment then that Joshua claims his identity to the story. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord because of what God has been in the past. He's trusting in the fact that God will be faithful in the future. And so I think the question that Joshua is posing for the people gathered there to at that moment, and I think for us as well, is how do we go back and remember our story and what God has done in order for us to claim an identity moving forward? It's all about identity. Joshua knew this. The Lakota people knew this. And in a way, I think it's the call of the church and today in this story, it's a call to know and remember God's unfolding story. And I think our purpose for being a church and for our worship in, the, in this building, but also in the context of our daily lives, is how does our identity shape who we are? 
So how does knowing that each of us are created in God's image, how do we take our theology and beliefs, belief that God literally came down into this world in Jesus, and that there's nothing that can happen in this life that can separate us from God's love through Jesus Christ? How does our call to love God with all our heart and soul and love our neighbors as ourselves, how does that shape who we are and all that we do and what happens to us each and every day? And so today, I think we come to worship to go back again, remember, be a part of the story again. And we confess it, we sing about it, we proclaim it, we make it known in our daily lives. We have rituals here in worship, sacraments like Holy Communion, where you will hear the words, do this in remembrance of me. Go back and do it so you can remember. We do it in baptism. We name it when we pray the trial and the challenges of what faith is about in this world. All of this we do in worship. And it's no coincidence at the end of worship, what do we say? Go in peace, serve the Lord. Those words are directly from this scripture in Joshua. We're called to worship, to revere, to serve God in what we're about in this world. That's how we leave this place. Now, we can't flawlessly serve God. We get distracted, we get off track, the world lures us into other places to find our identity. God always comes back and chooses us. And it's the reality of this hardship, the hardship that we hear that the Lakota people wrote down and drew to know who their story was all about. And Joshua did the same. But in the midst of our unfaithfulness, the good news is that God remains faithful. And so we need to hear that again and again and again. And I hope each week we are coming to worship to look for our identity in the midst of what we are experiencing in our lives. I hope that it sounds relevant to you because it is. Who are we now in the midst of the global threats that we are facing with violence and fear? Where is our center? Where do we find meaning in the heartbreak or hardship that we're experiencing personally or in our families right now? How do we go about looking ahead to what a future may look like in a broken world? And so I think just like the Lakota people, on this first Sunday of Advent, it's the first Sunday of our church year, we're called to tell the story again about a God who has been faithful throughout the beginning of time, of a God who continues to show up even though the people he claims are unfaithful. And truly to believe that the story of Jesus 
is the continuation of God's faithfulness that made its mark in the Old Testament. And so I ask you to think about this today. As you look back on this year of your life, what image or word would represent your year? How would this image and its story fit into a larger story that you would want told about your life or your family's life? Now the world tells us to write a different story, to name our successes, and we know all too well over these last few days that retailers tell us to document a year by the amazing things that you can buy or accumulate. Are those the gods you want to serve? Is that the story you want told? I think it makes us think about what really matters in this life, about God's steadfastness in the midst of our distractions, our wants, and our shortcomings. And so the call today is for each of us to be a winter counter. And what you'll find in your pew is little blue cards. And I invite you during worship today to draw or write a word. What is the image for you this year? What is it that you want told about this last year of your life? And then to think deeply, how does this fit into God's story? And I'm going to invite you today to do this. And there's a basket in the back. And when you're done, you can put your name on it. You don't have to put your name on it. You can explain what your picture means. You don't have to explain. This is all about what you want to write. But reflect on that today. Invite God to enter into your life to think back and remember and retell what is significant about this year. Because this is God's unfolding story. It doesn't end in the Bible. It continues with us in the world. And when you put that image in the basket, we'll work this week on putting that on our own board. And when you come back this week, let's take a look at our own winter count and retelling of our story. Thanks be to God.